North Rock Podcast. Good morning, everyone. How are we this morning? Are we good? I'm, right now, I'm kind of, kind of wishing that I had a twin that I could put up here with me, with kind of a Jamaican accent of some sorts, so I could preach to you, man. Right? Yeah. Hey, uh, really glad to see you guys this morning, and I'm, I'm always honored to be able to come and share. Uh, the Word with our people, as we have been in a series for the last several weeks called Pulse, uh, really hearing the heartbeat of, of our Father for His house. And so part of this whole uh, Heart for the House campaign, Heart, Heart for the House initiative, is the reminder to the local church, that being us, right, that we carry the heartbeat of Jesus for the world. And that as we give, as we serve, as we love, as we lead, people get a glimpse of his glory and his love and the, 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 the work that he wants to do through us, right? So we talked about that idea that, that, that he uses our lives to help attract people to himself. And that as we gather together and we connect and we encourage and we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, that it has a, a cumulative effect on those that are observers and that are parts of our lives and that are around us close enough to say, you know what, I don't know what it is about those people, but, but there's something different about them. You know, and then today I get the privilege of talking to you about what it looks like to train for such a great honor as it is as representing Jesus in this world. you guys recognize that that, that is an amazing, amazing, amazing honor that, we, that he's bestowed upon us, right? That we would be co-heirs. That we, would, that, we would, that we would live out the life that he has for us in a way that impacts others. Now, I can, I can also tell you, because I know that we have a lot of busy people in this place. We have a lot of people that have been in church maybe for some time, maybe for a long time, that the idea of this, what I get to talk about today, training, uh, isn't always the most uh, sexy of ideas, right? Because when we say train, we're talking about disciplining. When we're talking about training, we're talking about um, work of some kinds, right? Yeah, there, there is part of that. And so I just got to be honest enough with you say, sometimes when I talk about this idea of training or making disciples or uh, really uh, living out the disciplines of a disciple of Jesus, uh, sometimes I'm reminded of this particular quote. I don't know if you guys remember that. Training for transformation. You guys, have I illustrated enough how important it is to train people for the work of God in this world, because otherwise we just kind of slop through things, right? So we're talking about transformational training. I'm going to press a button now. Don't move. Ah. Hey, does our practice serve a purpose? Tell me if any of you guys remember this guy. Can we, can we press that video? I can't do that from up here. I know that much. Practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. 
when you come in the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? But we talking about practice right now. <laughs> we talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I, I mean, it's strange, it's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. <laughs> so today, we talking about practice here at North Rock, right? Talking about how do we practice the new life that Jesus has bestowed upon us, right? And you guys remember First uh, Timothy chapter four eight uh, says, "Physical training is good." But training in godliness is so much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, most of us would probably agree that no matter what industry we're in, no matter what kind of life that we lead outside of our gatherings here on Sundays, we have training, we have rituals, we have, uh, we have meetings, we have ways of developing people into whatever role it is that they fill in our lives, whether it's a work situation a sporting situation or something else, right? I mean, how many of you guys have, have met a CrossFit person in recent days, right? Yeah, I know I got one in the house. I'm trying not to look at her right now. But, but these people are insane with their training, right? I mean, and the results that they have and that they can show off are, are, are amazing. But, but we understand that when it comes to physical fitness, it's something that our culture values right now. It's something that a lot of people put a lot of time into uh, but I love the, the, the eternal perspective of the Word of God that says physical training is good. You should do it. You should really work hard. And if you want to know a CrossFit personal trainer, I think I could uh, point you to one, right? Uh, but it says training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and this life to come. So no matter what area of life it is, training is important, right? Think of uh, Think of our military personnel. Think of those who are charged with understanding their role in keeping us safe. How many of you guys know that they, that they practice, that they train, that they drill, that, that, they, that they have uh, ways of preparing people for the battles that they're going to be a part of, a basic training? And then as you get into some of the more uh, elite uh, ranks of the military, they go even deeper in their training, Right? We understand that's important. And why do they train? They train because they understand their function. They understand their identity. They understand the role that they fulfill in the, in the organization that they represent, right? Or how about, you guys know who that is, right? One of the most uh, amazing women's tennis players to ever play the game. And when, when I think of athletics, I have uh, some area of understanding of that because we try to train up a team of young men each year to go out and compete against some really quality football teams around this state. Um, and so I understand when it comes to the idea of athletics that there's training that has to occur and that I have that conversation with many, many young people on a weekly basis of, we talking about practice, coach. Why are you on me about working hard in here? It's just practice. We're not keeping score, right? But the way that we train reflects how we see ourselves and the identity with which we, we, we hold. And that's why I love 1 Timothy 4.8. reminds us that you and I, we are training for godliness. And then finally, another area of illustration I like is, uh, this is my great, 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 great grandfather. And no, actually it's not. 
It's not true. But that picture is to illustrate uh, the farmer, right? It's an industry that, that uh, doesn't, uh, we don't see nearly as, as, as much as we used to. It's not as prevalent in our society. But I think about the hard work and the diligence and the, the payoff that they hoped and that they worked towards. They got up in the mornings before sun and they went to work and they worked until sun went away, right? Without any guarantee on return, they had to, they had to, work, they had to think about what was going to happen uh, with the weather, with their crops, hoping that one day there would be a crop that they could, that they could benefit from, right? When it comes to being followers of Christ, training is an important function of the discipleship lifestyle. Okay? So, you know, if we're going to really embody that, if we're really going to take that on and say, yes, training is important, that we don't want to be perceived by those who observe our lives as the Allen Iversons of the Christian faith, right? Of, we're talking about practice, man. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. It's, thir- it's Wednesday. It's Thursday. We're talking about practice, right? We don't want to be observed that way. And uh, what we're really talking about is finding purpose in our practice. Finding purpose in our practice. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can go do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. How many of you guys, as you sit here today, recognize that you are God's masterpiece? That you are God's masterpiece, that in Christ Jesus, you are his masterpiece. And he has created you for the good things, for the good works, for the good that he wants to do through us as we practice what we believe about who Jesus is is in our lives. So we need to practice our purpose. We need to practice our purpose. So how do we do that? What does that look like in, in our daily lives? Okay, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. This is going to be our main text for today. It has a few reminders for us about what it means to be training in righteousness, training in uh, the life that Jesus has offered to us. And it starts out by simply saying, remind who? Remind the believers to submit to their government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Now, can I just, can I just press pause on my message for a minute and just give you a couple of words about uh, the season of this presidential election that's coming up, right? A <clears throat> um, couple of things. And I'm never going to be a pastor who tries to influence the way you vote, what you do. The only thing that I'm here to do is say, remember, we're practicing. Remember, we're training. Remember, number one, that we belong to a kingdom beyond this world and that that is our ultimate allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ and his leadership in our lives requires us as followers to submit to our government and its officers. That that is what he's called us to do. Second thing that I wanted to remind us of is when it comes time to vote, please go out and vote. Please go out and do it. But please don't vote based on personality, but rather on policy. Think through Vote with the moral objectives that the, that the scriptures lead you to in the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And finally, a third, third thing that I'd say about this little point of us practicing what we preach and living what we espouse to be true about the world is to remember that, that no matter how poorly functioning a democratic system is, it's built 
so that we don't have situations where it can go one way or the other. In other words, Andy Stanley said it this way, stop, please, if you're over the age of 40, stop scaring the kids that if one person gets elected or one person gets elected, the whole thing just implodes and blows up in our faces, right? That we have checks and balances that are part of our government system and as, as even when it's not functioning well, it's still the best possible government system that we can, that we can abide in, right? So, again, that's just... My little side note, let's get back to the text, okay? Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what? What is good. They must not slander anyone or must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once, we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But... Love the butts in the, in the scriptures. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. That is good news this morning, church. And I don't know about you, but, but sometimes in the middle of reading a scripture, I'm reminded of God's grace in my life. And sometimes it, it might feel to me like, you know, the, the, the faucet where it's just kind of trickling, right? You guys ever seen a leaky faucet that's just drip, 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 drip? Can I just tell you that through Jesus Christ, that is not what God did in our lives. It says that he poured out his mercy on us through Jesus Christ. And so when I think about poured out, it's not a trickle-down effect. It's not just a drip here and a drip there. It's a deluge of His grace and mercy in our lives, that we would live with confidence, that we are inheriting eternal life, and that God has great purposes for us in this world, right? So what do we do? We practice. We do good. We find ways to deal with the things of this world in ways that are different, that are led by the Lord Jesus Christ and the way that he has crafted us and created us to live. And it goes on to say, ending in uh, verses 7 and 8, that this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings, so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to what? To doing good. These teachings are good, and they're beneficial for everyone. Three things that I see in this text that I think happen when we practice doing good on behalf of the Lord Jesus in this world. The first one is, uh, is rather simple, uh, but it's simply this, that we reveal Jesus to people. How many of you guys with me can remember when Jesus revealed himself to you in your life for the very first time? Mm. When he revealed himself to you. Now, some people, it was a situation where it was just, I was alone in my prayer closet and Jesus spoke a word to me. This has happened, but for most of us, We know that it was somebody taking God's word seriously, going and making disciples with their lives that impacted us, that we could could get that aroma of grace on their life. And they began to teach us the ways of the Lord Jesus. And because of that, we're all living testimony of who he is in our lives. That it's through his people, it's through the greatest organization in the world, the church that loves Jesus, that people come to know him, right? Right? 
that, 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 that the reason I love the local church is because it's an expression of his love for people in ways that we don't get in our normal daily lives, just going to Safeway and Albertsons and to wherever it is that we're going about doing our business in the world, right? When we live on purpose, in practice of the good things that God wants to accomplish through our lives, we reveal Jesus. Go reveal Jesus. Go practice being Jesus to people in their lives, right? Second thing that happens is that we show that we're heirs, right? That we have this inheritance, that we have the power of God's Holy Spirit living in us and through us for the purposes by which he's created us. We just read about that in Titus chapter 3. And finally, the reminder that we practice what we preach because it benefits everyone. Can I just tell you that this church benefits nothing from Operation Christmas Child, right? But can I tell you that because of your generosity, in the first week we rolled this out last week, over 100 people took home boxes. That's over half of our entire gathered kind of adult adult group right now. By doing that, you're practicing. You're practicing the grace and the mercy and the love of who Jesus is in this world. And for that, I say thank you. It's an honor uh, to be the pastor of this church when I see us acting so generously in the world. Okay, James chapter 2, verse 26 gives us kind of the antithesis argument, the opposite side of the argument. It says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. In other words, there's no way for us to just live out our faith in here. There's no way for us to just go, oh, I believe good things about Jesus. I have inherited eternal life, right? It's got to move from here to here to here. And when it moves from here to here to here, it has an impact on all those who we come into contact in this world. The Apostle Paul says it this way. This is the way he viewed his training in Christ-likeness, in godliness. He writes this letter to, to one of the people that he had given his ministry and his life to. Second, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 to Timothy, he says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. Again, reinforcing some of that imagery that he was a soldier in the kingdom of God. He fought the good fight. He's finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Isn't that a good promise today, church? I love Paul's audacity. I love his confidence. I love that he's saying, I haven't been given that crown yet, but it's mine. It's not, I hope I'm going to get it. I might be getting it. He says, I've served as a soldier. I have run the race that God has given to me. And I know that the Lord Jesus is going to give me that crown of righteousness when I see him again. In other words, he understood that this life stewardship of the new life of Jesus in him was a stewardship issue, right? So we have to see the purpose in practice, but we also have to practice on purpose, okay? We have to practice on purpose. We have to remember that the reps that we have to do with our CrossFit folks, we have reps that we can do to help uh, strengthen the witness of what God is doing in us and through us as individuals and as a collective group in this world. It says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. 
You guys understand that in that is the DNA, in that is the formula, in that is the way that we do ministry here at this church, that we ask people to be a part of a team, to engage with other people, to live out this life, and then that as we invest in a few, who then invest in a few, and then who invest in a few, that three-generation kind of ministry, that's how both the ministry happens and uh, we, we practice our purpose in this world. It goes on to say, enduring suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Again, there's, there's that alliteration, right? Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlists them. The, and the athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Isn't that a good word this morning, church? That, that it's, again, it's not just the prosperity gospel that we live out. It's the gospel of suffering on his behalf for the purposes by which he has saved us. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says this, And you yourselves must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. James chapter 3 verse 13 says this, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it, practice it, train in it, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good, North Rock. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get tired of doing what is good. You guys ever do that with the Scriptures? Read it forward and then read it backwards? It says the same thing, but it's, it's kind of a fun exercise, right? It's a way to keep things fresh in our, in our devotional lives. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy 6, 8 says this. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous towards those in need, always ready to share with others. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as we do that, I want to first and foremost say thank you uh, to those that are here, those that are helping us share and train and practice the grace and mercy of Jesus in this world. But I also wanted to acknowledge a few people this morning. I'm going to ask uh, Lori to please stand. Lori, Romero serves as one of our support pastors, you guys know. She oversees all of our finances. She oversees uh, our prayer ministry here at the church. She's involved on just about every level and someone that I consider a dear friend. Thank you for your example uh, of training in righteousness, training in God's godliness in our lives. And I've got a gift for you uh, that I want to present on behalf of the love of this congregation uh, during Pastor's Appreciation Month. Uh, to say thank you for your service to this body and for the people that we have. Uh, but because you helped me with so much, I left them upstairs. So I need you to bring them to me. 
for the second service, okay? Thank you for serving. Deb, you guys know Debbie Mares. Debbie, of course, is out serving the world uh, somewhere. Many of you guys know our Echo students aren't with us today because they're serving in Las Vegas and in San Francisco as part of the ministry of the Echo program. Please be praying for them as God continues to train them uh, in what he has for them, okay? Uh, we got Pastor Andrew Tiber here in the front, front row. Pastor Andrew, you stand up. I know, I know you don't like to do this. Stand up. Come on. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all of the, the hard work that you do and all the counseling you do for your pastor uh, to keep me happy and sane and healthy and in the game. So, so we love you and we're, we're appreciative of your ministry here at North Rock Church and all the good things that God's doing through you downtown, okay? Um, so I wanted to do that, but I also wanted to just take a, a few minutes as we get ready to worship once again. And in worshiping, it's an expression of our heart saying, God, thank you that you chose me, that you chose me to train me for all of the good works that you have for me. How many of you guys today are convinced by God's word that he has good works for you to do in this world? That they don't all happen on a stage, they don't all happen on a Sunday morning, but as we give grace, as we give mercy, as we give towards Heart for the House, as we give towards uh, Operation Christmas Child, as we take time to pray and listen to people that are hurting in our worlds, Jesus shows up in the midst of them and he changes lives in the same way that he revealed himself to us, right? So let's pray and then we're going to worship one more time thanking the God who has saved us and who loves us so much. So Father, we do, we take a moment today and we posture ourselves before you saying, Lord, we don't train to gain something. Lord, we train because of the identity change that you've given us. Lord, we train and we live out lives going and making disciples, making disciples as we go because that's the identity that we identify with now. In the same way as you, when you were a young boy in the temple, your parents came looking for you and, they, and your answer to them was, could I not be about my father's business? Lord, that is the heart of, this, of us as, as your followers here at North Rock. Pray, Father, you'd speak to us vision. Lord, that you would help us to see the love and the kindness that you want us to display in this world. And Lord, we pray that you would guide us and lead us and show us and empower us to train in ways that make practice important again in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's worship. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. I sing forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave, oh, and Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save, he is mighty to save forever.
Thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace and love in our lives. Fathers, we stand before you today. We stand as a people postured who have been marked in this world to reveal you, to show that we are heirs of your grace and your mercy and your salvation for the benefit of all. So, Lord, help us to live in a way that blesses all, Lord, that does good to all in our lives. And maybe we're here today and, and we're wrestling with this message because there's something uh, from our life, some feeling we have, some idea of things that we've suffered or things we've gone through that may disqualify us from the work of the ministry in this place. And Lord, I'm reminded of what we just read, and that is that your grace has been poured out on us for those that are followers of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I think of the idea of uh, the bucket challenge that, that has become so prominent in our society and, and some of the videos that we've seen of, of the bucket on the, on the great big uh, dump truck. That, Lord, that is what happens when you pour out your grace. So if, if that's you here today and you're saying, Pastor Chad, you don't know, I've been through some stuff, can I just say that your stuff is what qualifies you for the work that God has for you, that his grace and his mercy and his favor goes beyond anything we've suffered in this world, anything that we've done, that really it's those marks that make your ministry unique to the people who need your message. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Chad, I don't know that I've ever experienced this grace of new life through Jesus Christ. If that's you here today, we would love to pray a prayer with you uh, that, that really does both explain and give opportunity for you to respond to the grace that God has always had in your life through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross for your sin and for my sin, and that he rose from the grave three days later, that you have new life through Jesus Christ, that everything that needs to happen in your life has happened before that moment, but we are aware of it and understand it and access it in that moment. So let's pray and let's sing, or not sing. We can sing because the music's gone. Yeah, let's sing it this time, right? No, no. Can you guys turn that into a song for me? That would be a lot of fun, right? Let's just say it, but say it like it's the very first time that God has ever revealed himself to you, okay? With that kind of level of joy and gratitude, knowing that that's how we practice and train in eternal life. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the grave three days later. 
I receive forgiveness for every failure and sin in my life and give to you the right to direct my life from this day forward. I dedicate myself to learning the scriptures, living in fellowship with God's people, following you in water baptism. In Jesus' name, we pray and we trust. Amen, amen. Hey, before you applaud the work that God's doing in your life, can I just celebrate with you that we had 15 people baptized last Sunday. Isn't that something? Let's worship. Thank you, God. You are faithful and you are good to us always and forever. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'd love to meet you after the service. I've got a gift that we call a Yes Packet. It's got some tools to help you get started in this journey with Jesus. It's got a Bible, and I'd just love to meet you. Otherwise, if you would like prayer for any need in your life, uh, we'd love to extend that to you. We've got a prayer team available here. Can I just, can I just say something real quick? We don't, we don't bring a lot of people up on stage and prance them around uh, when God does things in our life because we expect God to be naturally supernatural in our lives, right? But do you know that we've had some verified healings because of the prayer times that occur right here in front of this place after? We do, and one of them's sitting right over here, right? One of them's sitting right over here. So, so we just want to say thank you for being here. If you need prayer for anything in your life, we'd love to have the privilege of praying with you, all right? God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for being here at North Rock. Amen. Thank you for listening to this North Rock resource. To find out more information about North Rock Church, check us out at www.northrockchurch.com.